Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the 10 o'clock class, which will be not under law, but under grace. So before we begin, let's go ahead and bow our heads and have a moment of prayer. We thank you, Father, for this morning that we come before your throne, that we have the ability to do that. We don't have to wait and send somebody by proxy that we hope won't die because he messed it up. But instead, we can come directly to you and say, Father, I need help. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy that you've already given us. We thank you, Father, for this time together with you. We sow it as seed. We give our attention solely to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So good morning again. For those of you just joining and never seen me, my name is George Nauer. And we are going to be talking about not under law, but under grace. And the author's name is Don Crow. So when it's in the beginning of, hey, I dreamt about a woman I did not dream about, Don Crow did. So the author says, I dreamt about a woman who kept being punished for all the things she did wrong, her sins. A man followed her around, and whenever she would make a mistake, he would shake his head in disgust, take off his belt, and beat her. If she said a wrong word or did something wrong, he'd punish her. She was limping around, trying to smile and have a good attitude, but she kept on doing things that would get her in trouble. They were not big things, but every little thing that this man saw her doing wrong would get her a beating. It seemed hopeless. She couldn't keep from doing things that got her in trouble. I remember feeling sorry for her. I wanted to help her and get her away from the mean man who always beat her. And then I woke up. I started thinking about God's grace, the unearned, undeserved favor and ability of God. When the heart is established in grace, we no longer try to earn God's acceptance through our performance or by trying to keep his law in our own strength and ability. Just stop it right there and take a moment and do a little pause, X. Um, when he's talking about, I start thinking about God's grace. And he says the words, unearned and undeserved favor. That means that we didn't have to do a thing for it. That means it doesn't matter what we have done to deserve it or not deserve it. All that means is God has said, here, boom. It's like Christmas. You didn't do anything to get the gifts. <clears throat> you just, all you have to do is open them. That's it. That's your sole responsibility is to enjoy the gift. That's it. His undeserved favor <clears throat> means that we didn't deserve it. Why? Well, that's why we became a new creature. That's what Second Corinthians 5.17 is talking all about. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us. God's undeserved favor. We have that in our lives. Jerusalem has a tremendous teaching on the favor of God, and I won't even begin to touch that. But he, one of the rules that he said was, if you substitute the word grace with unmerited favor, with unmerited favor, that can shift the way you see things. That can shift the way you see yourself. Look at all the letters that Paul wrote. He opens it, grace be unto you. God's unmerited favor, undeserved favor to you. 
And sometimes we lose sight of that based on what we're doing, based on our life events, all the little things, and we lose sight of that. And it's good to take a moment and reflect. And for me personally, a way that I do that is by reading the scriptures out loud, and when I have to change a word, I say it out loud. Because if you say something out loud, uh, nine times out of ten, your brain is turned off and you're paying attention to what you're saying. So that causes it to go not only in, from your mouth gate to your ear gate, but you're also paying attention in here. The Bible says, out of the treasures of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So it gets in your heart. And how does it get in your heart? Through all your different gates. Your eye gate, your ear gate, mouth gate. So you actually tell your body to shut up and pay attention to what I'm saying. And that's how that works. Um, and I need that. So that's why I do that. <clears throat> um, and it says right after that, it says, when the heart is established in grace. What does that mean? Well, that means that's, that's when you're, you're clinging to it. You're cleaving to it. When you're established in it. It means it is unmoving. It means that you can't be shaken from it. I know there's carpet under my feet, and I know that the ground below the carpet is going to support my weight. You can't convince me otherwise. We had a lesson in physics where the gravity pushing down is as much as the ground pushing up a couple Sundays ago. It's here on me, but I know that the ground is going to support me. I don't care if I weigh um, another 50 pounds or if I weigh 50 pounds less. It doesn't matter. I know the ground is going to support me. That's what that means. That's what he's talking about when he says established in grace. You are established. No one can shake you. Satan, no matter what he does, cannot take it from you that you are established in his grace, his unmerited favor. It's not something that we have to work for. It is not something at all that we have to go, Father, please, can I get grace in this situation? No, it's not. It's something we already have. All we have to do is open it up on Christmas. All we have to do is walk in it. And that's it. The requirement for us is to enjoy it. Remember, he says that he's come so we might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that's, that's a way to do it, right? It's having favor in everything, whether it's in your job, whether it's in your household, whether it's in somebody that you're talking to that you've never met before on the street or in a store, in a Target. It doesn't matter, but you're established in that. Why are you established in that? Because you're established in your relationship. You're established in your spirit knowing that he loves you because God is love. Love is synonymous with mercy, with grace. All of that is tied together with hope. All of it is tied together. He goes on to say, we no longer try to earn God's acceptance through our performance or by trying to keep his law in our own strength and ability. And he's got, kind of got two or three parts there. And I'll break it down. It says, we no longer try to earn God's acceptance. Well, we should never try and earn God's acceptance because he's already accepted us. He accepted us before we said, Lord, I give you my life. So if we couldn't do it when we were sinners, what makes us think that we can do it when we're saved? There's no way we can. He goes on to say, through our performance, or by trying to keep his law, through our performance, is again, his works. Paul kind of covers that. He says you are saved 
through faith, not by works. Faith, love, hope, mercy, favor. Seeing how it's all tied together. It's all one blanket package. It's all one really big Christmas present. And again, all we have to do is open it up and enjoy. That's it. And how do you open it up and enjoy it? You say, Father, I thank you that I have this. If you have an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness, you're not going to be depressed for very long. You're not going to be angry for very long. You're not going to be any other negative emotion or anything that Satan is trying to get at you. You're not. Why? Because you are, em- you are humbling yourself before the Father. And you are saying, Father, thank you for this. You are humbling yourself. When you humble yourself, you put yourself down. You put your feelings down, you put your emotions down, you put your body down. You put your flesh down. That's why it works. When you're feeling sad, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling those things that Satan tries to get at all of us, all we have to do, it's simple but it's hard, all we have to do is say, Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. I've done that before in my own home. I've gotten down on my knees and I said, Father, thank you. I've walked around my home and I've gone to every single piece of worth that I have, physical worth, to start off with. And I say, Father, thank you. I have, I have several prints in my home, in our home, and I have several prints, um, and they're Vince Lombardi stuff, so Barrett kind of inherited when she married me. <laughs> so, um, one of them is uh, The Measure of a Man, from quote from Vince Lombardi. It's framed. And that's one of the things that I go to a lot and say, Father, thank you for this. Because it's a reminder. It, it's not spiritual, but it is a good quote on how to better yourself. And the bottom line is you give everything you have on the field and you sit there victorious because you've done so. You've given everything you had. And that's what a good coach does. A good coach sits there and says, okay, when he's in the huddle, whether it's the NCAA tournament, which will not be mentioned anymore, as I am a UNC fan, not a Duke one, um, <clears throat> you know, what is the coach's job when the players are around him? The coach has to pull every single one of them, whether they're in the huddle, whether they're on the bench, whatever his team is, and says, you know what, I need to get the best out of you right now in this moment. Every single time, that's what a coach does. That's the definition of a coach. And any good coach worth his salt will tailor his leadership towards his players and say, okay, how do I get the best? Because if Barrett sits there and she shuts down, if I compliment her all the time, but she rises to the occasion, if I say, you know what, you missed one. Instead of concentrating on the nine, I know that's what motivates her. Whereas if Pastor Brian is sit there and go, you know what, you know, I saw you kind of were running kind of slow. I saw these guys pass you. And, if, and that shuts him down and go, you know what, fine, if that's what he saw. But if I emphasize saying, you know what, I saw you run a minute faster on that last lap, good job, or you're staying with the pack a little bit better, good job, then that's getting the best out of them. That's what God does for us. He talks with us in a way to do that. He talks with us and says, you know what, George? For me, in my own life, there's been times where he'd said, hey, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And you know, he's verbally slapped me around saying, hey, you, you, why are you acting like this? You shouldn't. You have no right to act like this. Okay, he pulled me up by my bootstraps and says, hey, what are you doing? And there's other times where it's soft, where it's, hey, listen, I know you're hurting. I know it's hard. 
my Holy Spirit is there as a comforter to help you, to help you walk through life. Give me the care. Give me the burden of what it is you're going through. And so I'll start with the Vince Lombardi and I'll go say, thank you, Father, for this. Thank you, Father, for this. Thank you, Father, for this. And then it goes from physical stuff to personal stuff. The stuff that I, I start out with the stuff that I can see. And say, thank, thank you, Father, for this couch. This awesome couch that is brown that matches this awesome recliner. Thank you, Father, for this recliner that it has a massager and a heater and it's extremely comfortable. Thank you, Father, for these pictures right here, these prints. Thank you, Father, for the fact that this one is extremely rare and uh, the guy in charge signed it and it looks great in this mat. Thank you, Father, for showing me where to take it to get matted. And it's, you, you start, for me, I have to start in the physical manifestation of stuff. I look at it and go, okay, thank you, Father, for that trash can. Thank you, Father, it matches all the other trash cans. Thank you, Father, that the, the liner in it is 13 gallons, and I can buy that anywhere. And I thank you, Father, that it's easy to clean. Thank you, Father. So you look for the good and the little things. And then pretty soon, that catches fire in your spirit. It might take you 15, 20 minutes. I've been there when I've been doing it, and it's taken me an hour. But I go from the little things to thank you, Father, for my life. Thank you, Father, for the friends that I have, the family that I have, the favor that you've given me. And Satan, isn't, he, he doesn't have a candle. He can't hold a candle to that at all. He's going to have to go. Resist the devil and he flees. You start emphasizing the good things. You start staying in that attitude of gratitude. You start saying, thank you, Father, for, thank you, Father, for, thank you, Father, for. You don't have to start out with whatever's on your walls. I'm using that just as a personal note on what I have to do. Um, and it goes from the little things to thank you, Father, for my wife. Thank you, Father, for sending me somebody that is supportive. Thank you, Father, for sending me somebody that loves me. Thank you, Father, that I've waited all these years for her. Thank you, Father, um, for the anointed woman that she is. And you start going and going and going. And the Holy Spirit will show you things that be thankful for that you didn't even realize. And then all of a sudden, you don't remember why you were upset. Or you don't remember why you're feeling sorry for yourself. Or you don't remember anything on why you were negative or why Satan came in. And you say, Father, forgive me. You stay in that constant cycle of putting yourself down like that and pretty soon you're not doing it um, but maybe a couple times you're not you know for me I went through a season where it was very much an everyday occurrence absolutely you know um, I went through some tough times and all of a sudden it was very much a you know why should I be thankful wake up in the morning and go okay another day great I know what this is going to hold you know and so I had to stay I had to pull myself up by the bootstraps and I had to say okay you know what I'm going to be thankful for the little things. Thank you, Father, there's carpet on the floor. I like carpet better than I like wood floors. Thank you, Father, there's that. Thank you, Father, I have money to eat today. Start off with anything you can be grateful for, but keep yourself doing it, and all of a sudden, bam, you have a more tangible understanding of God's mercy, God's grace, God's favor, because all of that is included, because every good thing comes from Him, right? This is a good thing. So... Um, 
It says, trying to keep his law in our own strength and ability. Well, we've already covered that because that's not possible. We couldn't do it before we were sinning. We couldn't, you know, we can't do it. God gives us love. Pastor Brian covered it in saying, hey, he has given us his love. It is through his strength that we are obedient. It is through, he has given us the ability to do everything that he has asked us to do. It's not a simple, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to go do this. And you ask any, any minister if they are doing any of it on their own, and they will say, no, <laughs> there is no way. Some of them might even say, I had no idea that this was in the cards for me. And if I did, I don't know if I'd be doing it right now, because I'd be like, whoa, Jonah, <laughs> you had a good idea. So... <laughs> God's already given it to us. All we have to do is walk it out. And by walking it out, I mean His plan and His love. Walk in it. It starts with how we are. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? You have to love the Father. And if we're created in His image, you're kind of required to love yourself. So some of the grace and some of the mercy is how we treat ourselves. We give ourselves the grace and the mercy and say, you know what, I messed up here. It affected person X, Y, and Z. So I go to them and say, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I realize that it affected you. But you also have grace and mercy with yourself. And you say, Father, forgive me. I shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry. Done. End of discussion. There is no other, well, I shouldn't have done that or... Man, I remember last week when I did this and I asked for forgiveness, but I just feel bad right now. Because that's what we like to call condemnation, and that's bad. Okay, that's, that's regret. That's not walking in His mercy. In fact, that's the opposite of it. That's saying I'm taking the care of it back onto me and saying I'm not going to walk. I'm going to walk this way because I feel selfish about what I did. It's a slippery slope that leads to other bad things. Because then all of a sudden you are saying, you're giving God the Heisman, you're saying, nope, I'm good, I got this. So, is that really what you want to do? No, because no, he's given us the tools. To what? Have an successful life. Above and beyond all we can ask for. If we're carrying the care of that, we're not living that way. And if we're not living that way, then something is wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that what he's given us is wrong, because it's not, so it might be something in this area here. And I am absolutely guilty of that. There have been times where I have walked things out in my life, and then all of a sudden, it was just a little thing, and another little thing, and another little thing, another little thing. Why don't you say this word? Why don't you say this word? Why don't you go hang around with this person? Why don't you hang around with this person in this place? Oh, they People from work, they're friends. Whatever. Why don't you do this? And all of a sudden, snowball effect. Before you know it, you're chained to the devil. At least in one area. And all of a sudden, what happens? The devil's like a mouse. You give him a cookie, he wants a glass of milk. Throw him in the back seat, he wants to drive. Right? He's going to say, well, what about this? What about this? Because guess what? Satan, he's a, he is applying pressure to your flesh. Why? Because that's his area of expertise. He is a flesh devil. 
But make no mistake about it. If he's going, wow, you know what? Those, those cookies look good over there. I think I, think I should have one because I'm kind of hungry. For me, that might be a big thing. For Pastor Brian, he'd be like, I can eat five of them, I'm good. But for me, that could absolutely be a big thing. And say, you know what? What's in there isn't good for what's in here. All right? So it's a little bit. It's okay, why don't I have a little cookie here? Well, it'll be okay because I'm kind of hungry and I miss breakfast. All right. Well, I have two because I'm still kind of hungry. Three, four. That's a, that's a simple illustration, um, but it's practical and it's applicable in the bigger things in life too. It's okay. Why don't I allow myself, if I have a deadline at work and I have a project that needs to, be get, needs to get done, or for me it was a term paper at school. I waited the last minute because it only takes a minute, right? <laughs> in theory. <laughs> All right. But if uh, when I was growing up, uh, I love to do research because I'm a nerd. And I like to read books and write notes because that relaxes me. I don't know why, but I'm created in his image. So <laughs> there's part of God that's like that. All right. But I would wait. I love to do it. But my mom, um, who uh, loved me very merciful, merciful, mercifully, she gave me a lot of mercy. <laughs> All right. She, uh, she knew that I would wait till the last minute, but she'd help me out anyway. She'd remind me, hey, your report's due in a week. Report's due in like four days. Hey, your report's due like tomorrow morning. What are we doing about that? And I'm like, I suppose I should do it now. So I would go there. And I'm mentioning this because I found some homework recently, last week, that apparently my mother kept all these years of different research papers from like eighth grade. Um, 1989. So you can figure out where you were in 1989 and go from there. <laughs> but uh, some of them are research papers on World War II and dinosaurs. So there's a big spectrum of what I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. But either way, it's still research. And it was applicable. And I waited to the last minute, no matter if it was a subject I enjoyed or subject I really enjoyed. All right. So I sat there and I'd write stuff down, I'd do it out, write stuff down, do it out, and it was a good paper, but it was not my best paper, okay? Here I am at work, and the pressure is on me to do certain things. I have deadlines for certain things that need to be done. I have people re relying on me to do certain things, and all of a sudden I get more requirements put on me. Am I going to allow myself to get stressed out? Am I going to allow myself to be angry at people because I feel pressured here? Am I going to allow myself to sit there and lash out? Or am I going to say, you know what? I don't care what the pressure is. I don't care what I'm going through. God knew that this was going to be happen today at 10.30 in the morning. He's already given me a way out. All I have to do is walk it. Even if the deadline is in two minutes, you say, Father, what do I need to do? It's his plan. And just obey. Two words in life. Listen, obey. Amen. That's it. That's all I got to do. Listen to his word. Listen to his leading. And obey it. No matter what it is, when it is, where it is. Right? And I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question. If I'm sitting there, if I'm going through something, and it's extremely hard for me, and I'm sitting there going, man, I don't know what to do in this situation. Or 
uh, Chris comes up to me and says, hey, George, how are you doing? And I'm fine. You know what? Fine. Get away. It's great. I hope you're doing wonderful. I'm peachy, which I may have done in life. Not to Chris, but others. Sorry, you're in the front row. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, is that walking his grace? No, it's not. Or, I'll do you one better, is that allowing God's grace to walk, or is that allowing God's grace in your life in every area? No. Because if you're feeling pressured, if you're feeling, and we're all guilty of it, I most certainly am. Anybody that's got a deadline, anybody that feels pressure, just like Pastor Brian has talked about, um, that cycle he's talking, a very in-depth and great series on Wednesday nights where he's talking about the cycle and you give in to your flesh. And then all of a sudden, man, I shouldn't have done that. And you go around the circle again. And you're like, okay, here we go. And then you go again because you messed up. And you go 30 years running around. Why? It's because you're not putting your flesh down. It's an easy and hard thing to do. I would say it's a simple thing because, hey, you just have to put your flesh down. Okay. How do I do that? Daily. That's what Paul says. Paul says daily. So how often should we walk, make sure that we're walking in what grace and mercy he has for us? Daily. So before you sit there and you talk with someone and you're, you're clenched and you're ready to pop, before you sit there and you say, you know what, I'm going to lash out at this guy because he's asking me stuff or he's pressuring me or he keeps asking me questions, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to say, Am I walking in God's favor right now? Well, he's given it to me, yes. I'm going to walk in his mercy towards myself and towards others. And I have absolutely, hands down, done this before at work when the requirement has been given to me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. And then another one on top of that. And guess what? First one still needs to be done. <laughs> and the second one's going to take a little longer. But that one needs to be done quicker. So I'm like, ah. So then somebody comes in and says, hey, man, how, how you doing? Hey, great. Why don't you go sit over there in color? And, uh, <laughs> so I've said those words. Okay, so I'm not exactly happy that I have, but that's, a, that's where I was. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm dealing with this. Go away. Instead of saying, you know what? I got, I got these deadlines I got to do, and I'm not exactly sure how much time it's going to take. Appreciate your time, and just love on them a little bit. That's all it takes. All of a sudden, that might actually decompress you a little bit. I wish I would have done that. There was one time where I was sitting at my desk, and I had um, I was talking to my boss, and he was in a place that had spotty cell phone transmissions. You couldn't, you couldn't really understand what he was saying except every third word, fourth word. And he was not in a place where he could move his vehicle uh, to get better reception. So I had to <coughs> guess at what he was saying, and then I had to read back to him what I thought he was saying. And then he'd say, no, this is what I said, and so you're catching words like that. So you're like, okay, I think this is what he means. And then I had four guys. <laughs> Absolutely love them. They decided to come in. And the age-old axiom is, if you're teased, you're liked. Because it's the way brothers are, and, you know, hey, I'm going to pick on you because I like you. If I let you alone, chances are I probably don't like you. Right. So they came in, and they saw I was just a little bit stressed out. So they fed on that. Sharks in the water. Bam! All right. So I said, hey, George, what are you doing over there? Are you doing okay? You kind of look like you're, are you on the phone right now? 
what's going on? Why are you asking Tubbs to repeat himself? So you're like, okay. So I literally, two phone them. I said, look, I love you guys, but you're going to have to get out. <laughs> I don't understand. Why are you so mad at us? We're just trying to help you out. So, and the guys that were there understand that, and they laugh about it because they did it on purpose. But if I would have sat there and said, you know what? I don't care about you guys. Shut up. Sit in the corner or get out of here. If I would have done it angrily, that would have added fuel to my fire. That would have absolutely given Satan a door. It says, hey, guess what? I'm in a lot closer now. And I have access to more of your life. Right there in that moment. And once you start getting angry, it's like a fire. All of a sudden... And I'm talking angry, frustrated, stressed out, all those things. And I have a lot of experience in that. It's a fire, and it just starts growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Sorry, in my head there was a fired line right here with gunpowder. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. <laughs> but exactly, there's trees and forest and everything, poof, just like a big match. It's like you light one match, and all of a sudden the whole pack goes up. Is that walking in God's favor and mercy on yourself no it's not so it's a daily recognition of his love for us walking in his favor for us walking in his grace for us and applying it to ourselves applying it and say you know what I messed up because I've had I got stories on that too where I've been extremely my mother would say perturbed I was extremely perturbed at different situations, and I'd be like, you know what, the next guy that comes in, I'm going to go yell at him, because I'm pretty upset right now, and I need a release. And that is a physical manifestation of a spiritual issue of, hey, I need a release, so I'm going to take it out physically. Well, is that really dealing with the problem? Is that compounding the problem? What is that doing to the problem? It's letting it sit there, right? You're not really dealing with why you're feeling that way. Because every problem, every issue in life can always go back to a decision. Do you let it get to you? Do you let it sit there and motivate you, correctly or incorrectly? Is that a factor? How can my mess up that I've done, how can that possibly, possibly be bigger than God's grace and His mercy? Well, can't. It can't. And if we think it is, then we're wrong. Why? Because His grace is limitless and His mercy is forever. And oh, by the way, they're new every morning. How awesome is that? It means no matter how many times I sit there and I talk harshly to someone, no matter how many times I sit there and I might come across as having an attitude even though I might not hear it might come across that way because a part of me is being ruled by my flesh right there so what do we do in those situations we say I'm sorry father for allowing that to happen and you apologize to people that affected and then you walk past it it's behind you right? it's not something you bring up if it affected that other person, or if somebody did that to you, you don't bring it up. You don't say, you know what? I remember last week when 
you did this to me. And I'm um, still kind of sore over it. I was holding on to a grudge. And my wonderful wife did a wonderful Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, teaching on unforgiveness and how horrible that is because that doesn't eat up the other person. That eats up you. That allows Satan access to you. It has nothing to do with the other person at all. They're just walking through fields of sunflower and rainbows and ponies. You're the one dealing. You're the one giving access to Satan. Okay. So we will uh, we'll take a break here until next week. Uh, we'll come back and we'll finish this lesson up. So, Pastor Brian, did you have anything else? Okay. No. Hello. There's um, one of the things that actually I, I like where you went because one of the things that the Holy Spirit brought up to me this week was that we need to be more thankful. And so one of the things in recognizing that grace is that exactly what you were saying earlier, that you start recognizing what God's already done for you, what's already in your life. And and the Holy Spirit earlier this week was saying this, um, what have I given you? And then if you go into James chapter 1, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, every one of them. So... Anything in your life that is good or perfect, it came from God, and it's worthy of your thankfulness. Well, it's one thing to see the big things in our lives and to see the big prayers that are answered or the big places where God came in and protected us. It's another thing to see every good and perfect gift. So you start looking at that, and you know a lot of times you can just look around in a room. It's very, very similar to what George's talking about. You just start looking, and you start seeing. You know, hey, we got stuff in here. I mean, uh, there's all kinds of things. You're sitting on the chair. You might have a water bottle. Isn't it nice that you have water just so readily available? Well, that's a good gift. Who gave that? God. Do you have something to be thankful for then? Well. You start doing this with all the different things that you actually have, all the good gifts, and you start realizing God's been giving me a lot more than what I've realized. Well, then you start realizing just how much he's been pouring out his grace. And, and what does that do? It starts opening your eyes to the other things that God has done for you. There's things that he's been wanting to do that he hasn't been able to do because you haven't been thankful. And then all of a sudden, when we get thankful, you know, how many times do we see the process in the Word of God where he says, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful, you know. Uh, be, uh, thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. In Philippians 4, be thankful, come with thankfulness, right? It's be, always be thankful. These are words that he says all the time. Why does he tell us to do that? Is it just so that just so that he can be like, yeah, I'm God. Mm -hmm. See, look, they're they're thanking me. It's not that. It has more to do with our heart than it does that. We've got to find the place where we are always thanking God. Just look around. Take just a second right now. I mean, are, do you have clothes? That's pretty good. I'm really happy about that right now. That you have clothes, and you're probably happy that I have. Do you have shoes? Yes, sir. You have socks? Yes, sir. 
you know, if you're most, not every, ladies don't always wear socks, but yes, nail polish. And I'm glad, I'm glad ladies have nail polish, <laughs> right? What, what about the chairs that you're sitting on? Yeah. Yeah, the fact that we, you know, don't have to go outside to use the bathroom. Yeah. Start thinking about that stuff. Look, there's how dull would this building be if there weren't there wasn't paint on the walls? You see, well, that's something that we just overlook all the time. We're not sitting in the dark. You know, you're not sitting on the floor. You get to actually come together and praise God together. You don't have to do it in the dark. This is an opportunity to come together and worship God together. We, we don't have trash laying all over the place. You know, one, we have trash cans. Praise God, too. Uh, there's people that do things that you don't even see, that you don't put your hand to, and they are a gift from God to you. There's, we, we have coffee back there, you know. I was almost expecting a hallelujah to start ringing out just because of the coffee. You know, we have greenery that makes things look not just dull and drab. All of these things, all of, start looking around at these things and seeing, you know, we could just have walls, like look over here, we could just have that brick wall with no molding at the bottom. It looks so much better with molding. That's a gift. How many things has God given us that we haven't given him thanks for? And then when we start realizing that, how many more things could he give us if we would, by faith, start receiving his grace? So the Lord was just talking to me about this just a couple of days ago. So you were right on being led with the Holy Spirit to start talking in that area. And, and we, you know, we didn't completely get to the, you know, we're not under the law and the questions and everything. But I think what was more important for us to hear today is we have things to be thankful for. I mean, even, even our scriptures are, are projected on the wall for us and, and our song lyrics and everything else. And, and, and we got a clock to keep up with how long this class is going. And praise everybody's hallelujah for that right now, you know. You can hear me easily. I don't have to shout, you know. When we first started the church, we didn't have speakers. We didn't have a soundboard. And uh, you go back. I, I was able to record some of those early messages. You go back and listen to some of those on the older audios, and, and it'll sound like I'm shouting. I was. Why? Because we didn't have speakers, <laughs> you know. That's a blessing. We can talk at normal tones, and you can hear fine, and the people on live stream can hear it. How many things, you know, Deb said earlier, we have climate control, so it's not freezing in here this morning or too hot during the summer. How, how many places is God pouring out grace on us? You're alive. You're breathing. God loves you with an everlasting love, and it's so deep and so wide. He wants you to see how much he really loves you. When you start seeing just how much he loves you, your perspective on life changes, and you start to grab a hold of hope, and now you can receive the fullness of what God has for you, and now that love will then empower you to be who God's called you to be. Most of the problems that we have, honestly, it comes from a lack of thankfulness. It comes from a lack of seeing everything that God actually has done.
Trust me, when you think that this is the worst it can get, can it get any worse? It, it can get much, much worse. Always. Much, much worse. It, think about this. If God removed his grace, you'd be right there in that place. It can get so much worse all the time, but God's grace, his protection is holding those things back. I remember, I remember uh, multiple times I've heard people say, golly, I don't know, we're just, we're just being attacked and it's been so hard. And several times the Lord's had me say this, imagine if God wasn't around. Imagine how hard it'd be then. See, you've got something to thank him for, even though you, all you're doing is looking at the negative. You should be looking at what could have been and giving God praise and glory in the middle of it, knowing that he's holding back even more than what you see. See, there's a place to give thanks when we didn't even realize it. We start getting in that place, and his grace can become so real to us, and it opens up our eyes to just what he wants to do. He loves you. Oh, man, does he love you. You want to pray? We thank you, Father, for the ability to come to you and thank you for everything you've given us, the gifts that you've given us that we've seen, the plans that you have for our lives, the ability to walk out everything that you have for us. Because not only have you set it before us, but you've set before us the ability to do it. That you've given us the tools to succeed to live the above and beyond life. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.